Hello, beautiful listeners. It is Harriet Bearholtz and, and this is Randy Bearholtz. And we are back with episode number four. And we are so excited to be talking to you guys. And I just want to thank you all. We both wanted to thank you all for the immense support that you've shown us and the reviews that you've left and for subscribing and all of that stuff, sharing with your family and friends. It means the world to us. This is so much fun for us to do. It's seriously like a dream come true. So thank you and please continue to keep doing so. What are we going to jump into first? I'll tell you what, uh, we're going to start off talking about uh, an update on some of the political topics of the week, especially at the federal level. So, Harriet, what we'll talk about right now is uh, let's just do an update on the impeachment process. And so uh, from my standpoint as a Republican, uh, you know, you know, I'm, 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 I'm questioning a lot the Democrats, uh, you, know, you know, continued efforts here. Uh, on trying to imp- imp- impeach President Trump. So, so uh, as of today, uh, the House uh, has put together pr- procedures to uh, to move forward on the impeachment of President Trump. Uh, and uh, uh, last week, a number of congressmen actually went to a closed door House session and uh, actually uh, try to open it up and make the procedures more public. So one of the problems with the impeachment process right now, f- from a Republican standpoint, at least from my uh, from my standpoint, is is that, you know, you know, what it seems to me that that Nancy Pelosi is doing is she is actually you know, trying to bring down, you know, you know, trying to decrease the popularity of President Trump. I think he can do that all on his own. But at the same time, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. But at come the on, same like, time, come on. Though, you know, that, you know, the Democratic Party should really be focusing on boosting up their candidates and actually getting a good candidate. As you know, you don't think things- that we have some good candidates, though? I mean, the last uh, the Democratic debate. Come on. We talked about how you liked Bernie. You know, I mean, obviously- I, I liked him. I said, yes, you did. You, know, you didn't dislike him. Well, I, I don't know if I said that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, play, roll the tape, roll the tape. Well, I don't know. We're going to roll that tape <laughs> Now, but, but you know, you know, I think citizens of this country are just getting tired of the back and forth nonsense. If you're going to impeach somebody, impeach them. But you know, you know, well, it's a process you have to go through. Yeah, but it, that's true. But it, but but at the same time, with this process, one of our problems right now is that you know, like with. Um, um, like with our our our, our Supreme Court uh, a justice uh, uh, a nomination process, it just seems like you know innuendo and accusations keep being thrown out there against good people. Okay, but it, you're acting like the accusations have zero foundation or like basis in reality, whereas it's definitively been proven that he asked uh, Zaleski to look into the Bidens, uh, Hunter Biden, his relationship with uh, the oil company that he was on the board for and all that kind of stuff. Like that's been proven. And we've agreed both together that that was unconstitutional to inquire about, you know, his son and all of that sort of stuff and basically threaten aid, you know, to withhold aid if they didn't do so. I still don't think we have enough factual but information. We have a phone call. Yeah, but at the same time, I think we're hearing. I, I mean, look, if this was a if this was a judicial case, if this was a case before the uh, uh, the federal district court, for example, what you would have is a discovery phase. And so, as part of the discovery phase, what you do is you separate fact finding from the from the legal analysis. What we have here in this political legal process, though, is we have a situation where we've got, you know, you know, different versions of facts going back and forth. I believe, at least as a conservative Republican, that we have a press that is very much on the Democrat side and wants to wants to, you know, you know badmouth our president at every turn. But Trump is very much shown he is not a friend to the press. And I know you're going to say that's because they haven't necessarily been a friend to him. But you know, they're just I personally think they're giving him a fair shake. The job of the press is to hold the government accountable and to be, you know, what is it, the fourth wall um, in a sense. And they help to, you know, communicate what's going on in government behind closed doors to the American people to maintain transparency. Well, the fourth branch, I For, guess. Yeah, the fourth branch of government yeah. is the press. Yeah. Yeah. So so but, you know, you know, 
I think if you look at at a lot of newspapers like the uh, New York Times, or the Washington the Post, the failing New York Times, as President Trump likes to or say, or the or the San Diego Union Trib or the LA Times. I, I mean, you know, you can definitely do a, a you know an, an an analysis of those papers, and you you can look and you can just see see the liberal bias right now. Yeah, That's but you look what, at Fox News and you look at the Blaze <laughs> and you look at right wing nonsense and you see a bias as well. You just see the wording. Both parties are biased and they push their agenda in the news branches that they control. I mean, can't we agree to that? You know, uh, I'm not sure I agree. You know, I still think the press, if they want to be independent, they should be independent, but but they're really not. What do you mean by independent? Uh, to have an independent voice that is not aligned with the party. Like, for example, when you have George Stephanopoulos give, giving money to to various political candidates or let's face it, you know, George Stephanopoulos was was Bill Clinton's right hand person. So to have him actually come off as somebody who's neutral is just a joke. And George, you know, I went to school with you at Oxford. You know, I think you're, you know, I, I think you're a, you know, a decent guy. But at the same time, uh, you, you know, you're not unbiased. And, but don't and, you think private you citizens, are pretty radical, to be honest with you. Don't you think, though, that they have the right and the personal ability to donate their money however they see fit? I, I don't think in the press that you should. If you want to be independent, you should be judged by the same standards that uh, that candidates want to. For example, I, I mean, everybody wants to see Donald Trump's income tax returns. Why? Why do you want to see them? Do you really care? You know this guy's got a lot of money. You know he's got a lot of businesses. What? Why would you want to see Donald Trump's income tax forms? What does it matter why as to the job he, he can do? Why was he so intent on seeing Obama's birth certificate and acting like Obama wasn't born in this country when it was obviously very much well known that he was? Well, Donald look, Trump pushed that for I years. I think we're skipping around a little bit, but if but if if we want to get on that issue, I, I I think that was a constitutional issue. For example, if somebody wasn't born in this country, they well, one, I wasn't born in this country, so you can't be president. Unfortunately, my what dear. about Ted Cruz? Uh, I really don't believe, you know, in my belief, the pure reading of the Constitution that Ted Cruz should not. I mean, be I'm an OG pilgrim. I came from the UK, born over there. I took my ship. I landed in Plymouth. I Plymouth Rock. I put my flag down, you know, and and I'm now here in America. And I have I'm you the were American. six weeks old, and you were one of the cutest babies in the world. <laughs> and we brought you over from Oxford, England. You didn't. But the make American a sound. dream is alive and, and well we in me. Brought you to Greenwich, Connecticut, to the to the poor city of Greenwich, <laughs> Connecticut, and you've had a you've had a rough life ever since. Oh my so. God! On the mean streets of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to the the nice beaches of San Diego. It's been it's been a you, trip. You've had a rough life, but look, you know. So so long and short. Yes. From my point of view, the impeachment process. You said shitty going, timing, and well, it's questionable, right? Yeah, That's yeah, your yeah point. you know, you know, for, for me, you know, the, a lot of Democrats have been talking about impeachment even before President Trump, you know, you know, started his term. So I I frankly see this as do a lot of Republicans as just being another process to bring down a president. But I think it's back. Firing on the Democrats. I think you know if you ever look at uh, at uh, at fundraising for for our parties, and as you know, I I'm involved in the fundraising process, and and you know we're doing you know we're doing our best fundraising right now because the Democrats are giving us so much ammunition for us to raise money. Donald Trump is raising a heck of a lot of money, far outpacing anybody on the Democratic side. But so guys, don't you want to say, I'm sorry, last thing, yeah. and then I'll let, let it go, but don't you think the way in which he's going about doing some of it, like the nasty emails he's sending out about Nancy Pelosi, the the videos that have been altered to make it look like she's been drunk while giving speeches, that the president is retweeting, spreading, in fact, fake news, which he so vehemently claims to be against, is that okay. You say I, you want someone who's a good guy. Oh, he's a good guy. I That's just, not a good guy thing to do. I just pose the question right now. Do we need a good guy or do we need somebody that is going to stand up for America at this point? The truth of the matter is 
who in America could stand up to the press and stand up to the, you know, in, but why in, does the press need to be state. stood up to? What do we well, what do you mean? Be, because frankly, I, I mean, but, but honestly, President Trump has had his family attacked. Uh, I mean, so I, has I, Malia I mean, Obama. I, I, so has Hillary Clinton. I mean, his reputation attacked. But but no, no. But I, I don't think any president in history has had has had their personal, you know, their, their family, their reputation attacked as much as, as his president. Granted, granted, look, Donald Trump. What other president has paid off a porn star? What other president has been with a porn star days after his wife gives birth, said things to Billy Bush in tour buses, which I won't repeat because my dad gets all like, you know, don't say that word. I don't Even know what Bill Clinton did. Even though the president has said it. I don't know what uh, John F. Kennedy did. I mean, Bill Clinton I don't know what, didn't even what, pay what, off a porn Lyndon, star. Lyndon Baines Johnson. Did. I mean, we all know JFK did some sketchy stuff, but that was pretty much a given. The guy was a sketch ball, but nobody so really seemed to care. what's your point on this one? My point so was you can't point? selectively choose whose moral character you want to hold people to and moral standards. You can't be like, oh, well, this Democrat, I just don't think they're a good guy. I think that the stuff they've done, you know, they, they've smoked weed. For example, um, Hill, the woman who you said because of her low moral character from smoking marijuana out of a bong and allowing her now ex-husband to take a naked picture of her and the other ones about her throat. Ruffle, which is her personal sex life. We're saying that's low moral character. But what we're saying is with Donald Trump, we don't care so much if he's a good guy or not. But what we need is someone who's going to stand up to the press. So where do we draw the line? Where do we say, OK, either everyone's moral character matters or nobody's moral character matters? We cannot pick and choose because that makes us hypocritical. You know, look, you know, Donald Trump is the president of this country right now. Yes. And the American people elected him. And the Democrats really can't get over the fact that that happened. And it happened. You know, that, you know, the, you know, um, um, sec, former secretary of state Hillary Clinton lost. She just lost. And it's and it's time to move on. I, I mean, we have somebody in place right now. Look, do I agree with everything he says? No. Do I agree with the name calling? No. But, you know, I am I am glad, like a lot of people are, that he's fighting back. And is he fighting back in the way that I would fight back? No, I'd probably go for the jugular probably a little bit more. That's so not true. My dad likes to pretend that he would go for the jugular. He's not a, like, he's not a jerk. That's why I don't want anyone to get the misperception of that. He's not, he would I never. I try not to be. My, and I've said this before to him, my dad before. He would never in a million years do the things that President Trump has done or say the type of vile things that he has said and the way in which he treats women. But what? And does that, that matter right now with the impeachment process? So, so are you saying that he should be impeached because he's a bad guy? No, he, I'm saying because of what he things? threatened in terms of Zelensky, threatening to withhold aid until this Ukrainian, you know, president looked into Hunter Biden. Uh, you know, it's it's a way of trying to control the election. He knows Joe Biden is his main political opponent. Joe Biden has a way of swaying the moderate conservatives who are currently disillusioned with Trump. But do you and he think wanted to call but do you think President Trump has a, you know, you know, you know, has an obligation to the American people to investigate fraud uh, in the Obama administration and to, you know, didn't. But don't you think we have a right to see his tax returns, which every other president had to but release? What does that matter? OK, let's stick on the point. though. No, I'm, but it's, no, 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 it's, no, it's, it relates to the point. Let's stick on the point, though. So so so, you know, um, do you think President Trump has the right to investigate uh, corruption in the Obama administration previously. Yes, but okay. what does that have to do with now? You're saying, what does this have to do with now? What is whatever happened under Obama having to do with the current election process? Okay, so, so we have one point. Yeah. So the, the second point then is, so from, from what I hear you saying, you're saying, though, if President Trump did offer a, a quid pro quo yeah. where he said, you know, you know, you you only get aid if you do this. Yeah, that is not so, OK. That is so you're saying that that is illegal. Well, yeah, that's what crossed the line. Obviously, asking a foreign leader to look into one of his political opponents is also a big no, no. But I don't think it's necessarily as unconstitutional as, you know, offering to withhold aid until you appease him. You know, that's that's kind of my point. Okay, so so where does that leave us? So look, you know, you know, you know, we don't have all the answers right now on the impeachment process. We we just wanted to bring you up to date, but but just maybe summing up. So from a Republican standpoint, I think many Republicans believe that this process is just intended to harm our candidate. 
And and Harrod, I, I guess from a democratic process, you're saying that, well, no, an actual crime has been committed. Exactly, that, that he needs that to be held accountable for. That must be you know, you know, held accountable for. I guess my whole view on this one, though, too, is, look, you know, you know, the Democrats have the majority in the House. They can probably do what they want in the House, but the Republicans have the majority in, in the, the Senate. Senate. And so for an impeachment, you need both both sides. So yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's a smokescreen, but Harriet. Well, I mean, you also you talk about, too, some, with timing. You, you know, real. you think it's, it's uh, you know, timing. It, it only happened, I mean, what, relatively recently that he actually made this phone call. So, I mean, uh, he I kind of controlled back, the timing in a I sense. I thought it was a little bit uh, back. But anyway. Anyway, so, all right. But that's, so, that's where we are for right now with the impeachment stuff. We'll, we'll keep you guys, obviously, I mean, hopefully you'll stay updated by listening and watching the news and stuff. Um, both Fox and CNN and all of the, you know, balanced news channels. And uh, yeah, moving on to our next topic. Let's go on to uh, an update on the Democratic nomination process. So, so. Beto's out. Beto's out. Uh, oh, such and, a bummer. And, and, and Kamala Harris has. Kamala. Kamala Harris has has uh, cut uh, some of her staffing. And they say she's going to be out next. But I don't know, though. By, if you're looking at her social media. Castro's also. So somebody else cut their uh, cut their staffing. So in any case, you know, we are now at November 9th. Yeah. And so, for example, the California primary where we're we're based in San Diego here, uh, you know, our primary is in March. Yeah. And the general is in November. Yeah. So, you know. You know, this, the, you know. Oh, it's almost going to be a year from today. Well, yesterday, technically the 8th or 9th, right? What's that? Oh, the yeah. vote. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Woo! What's, Timing. What's well, the first Tuesday? First Tuesday of November. Yeah. So then, guys, uh, you, you know, so what's what's more than likely going to happen every day now until some of the major primaries is you're 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 going to start to see people drop out. Yeah, so, it's, it's going to get real. So, Harrod, who do we have? You know, who are some of the main people on the Democratic side left? So we've got Bernie Sanders. We've got Bernie Sanders. We've got um, oh goodness. Yang 2020, <laughs> Andrew Yang. Um, we have Tulsi Gabbard. We have Elizabeth Warren, uh, Biden, Biden, obviously. And then, oh my uh, goodness. Kamala Harris. Yeah, Kamala Harris, Kamala obviously. Harris. And then the other woman whose name, for some reason, I keep forgetting from Minnesota. Um, oh my goodness. No, Why am I blanking on her name? Oh, she did? Yeah, yeah. She ended up. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so that's the other one we were going to talk then, about. We've got then. We've got Mayor Pete. Yes, Mayor Pete. And then the, uh, the guy that we were going to be interviewing. As well, the one no, that's yeah, that's Mary Pete. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's give it some odds right now, Harriet. So, yeah. so who do you think is going to get the? Who do you think the top four candidates are right now? What, what would you say in your view? Oh, I would say Biden. Uh, I would say Bernie, Warren, and then Kamala. But I have to say, I think Tulsi Gabbard is is coming up. And this is something we were going to talk about, too, a little bit, um, is that she kind of got a big boost, is what people are saying, from the way in which Hillary Clinton alluded to her potentially being a, a Russian asset um, and a mouthpiece for various you know people and, and all that kind of stuff. And so she personally, I think, should thank Hillary Clinton because very few people, I think, were talking about Tulsi Gabbard um, until that that kind of came out. Yeah. And, and, you know, for, for your political candidates out there and for, for your political junkies, you know, I've I've run for, for a bunch of offices at both the uh, state level and the party level. And it the, is a lot and of the local work. Level. But, <laughs> but, you know, what it really comes down to is name recognition. Exactly. The truth of the matter is you need to just have people talking about you. Because and when you go to the poll, who polls, who are you going to well, vote that's for? Well, that's right. The person you know, whose name you've heard the most. most well, likely. yeah. And, you know, the, the you know. Part of this is you. You want to, of course, have them have a good, you know, a, you know, a good impression of yeah, you. Yeah, of your name. But the second part is you just want to have them talking about exactly. You. So, so you know, why are athletes and why are celebrities so, you know, you know, highly desirable? Well, 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 why are they drawn into the political realm because they have names already? Look at Oprah. Oprah, well, was she? <laughs> well, no, know, I know she didn't end up, but I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, would I mean, I mean, Jesse Ventura up in Minnesota. So what a lot of candidates need to understand is that 
part of this is just getting your name out there. Out there. So that's why you see at these Democratic uh, debates right now is you try to shine. You try to outshine your opponents. And the truth of the matter is the Democrats, like the Republicans and, and you know, and, 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 you know, like the media, they have their darlings. Yeah. So, for example, you know, Elizabeth Warren is a darling sometimes. I mean, not anymore. Bernie is. Biden is. Well, Bernie is. and Biden Somebody's coming up. You, you, you know, you know, when I was a Democrat, you know, I used to watch how people would come in and out of the presidential primaries, you know, so. It's so interesting. It's, it's interesting very to watch interesting. the process. You know, it's a combination of, of, of name recognition. It's reputation. Yep. It is endorsements. Yeah. It is money. Funding, but, but obviously. A lot of it is funding. Yeah. A lot of so this is just funding, 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 funding. But funding. They, then again, Andrew Yang has a great deal of funding from a lot of like Silicon Valley tech billionaires. And I mean, he's not necessarily making that much of a stir in this election, in my opinion. Yeah. So, so. Let's say in December yeah. and January, who do you think will still be? It's going to be Biden and Bernie. I'm personally. You think Biden and Bernie? Uh, I don't think Elizabeth Warren. I just don't like her. I would say, though, I still think Elizabeth Warren. I would say. You really think I she's still going to be around? I would say right now, if I'm looking, I would say Joe Biden. I would say, um, you know, I'd probably say Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. Uh, I would the, the fourth one, though, is interesting. Is it, it's up in the air. I don't think it's going to be Kamala Harris. No. I, I just don't think she's got I, – I don't think she's got that – staying power. You know, that, that, that reputation yet. I think we may see Mayor Pete here. Mayor Pete yeah. may be somebody Or who, Tulsi Gabbard, honestly. Tulsi Gabbard. She's but, coming up. But Mayor Pete and Tulsi Gabbard, you need to be Republicans. And, when, and you know, and, uh, you know – we need to be calling you because you would be darlings of our party. And the truth is, there will, there will not be room in the Democratic Party for you in four years. That's not true. I, I just really don't think there will be. I mean, you bring, you know, you see the full brunt right now of the Hillary, of the Clinton machine. You keep calling it this like, like it's almost like a conspiracy. Do you also think she killed Jeffrey Epstein? Like, come on. I, that woman, I don't know what that oh woman is God. capable Funniest of. Funniest thing on the Trevor Noah show when she was a guest last week, he ended it by saying, so how exactly did you kill Jeffrey Epstein, Hillary? It's such bullshit. With but anyway. cold bear Oh hands. my God. You know, but, but it, it, you know, it's interesting though, because you still have a couple wild cards. Michael Bloomberg, former mayor of Bloomberg, Mayor yeah. Bloomberg, I don't What's even think you reputation. I don't even think you were popular in New York. No, nobody liked him when You're he was You're a billionaire. <laughs> you, you made a god, you know, g- gazillion amounts of money. Even You've AOC made, said she thinks that he's trying to buy his way into this election. You know, yes, because he's a billionaire. The one but, thing my dad agree, agrees with uh, AOC on. Yeah, that's the one thing I do agree with you, Michael. You know, money doesn't get you everywhere, buddy. And you, you know, and the problem is, if you're big in New York City, it doesn't mean you're going to be big outside of it. And to be honest with you, I don't think most people in New York City even liked him, though. You've got a you've got a good name in New York, and your business guy. I just don't think you're going to have a ground game outside no. of New York. I just don't think. But then and he's Hillary. having FOMO. Hillary <laughs> still wants to come back in. I don't I mean, know, though. Do she's you think of, she will? No. Do you think, I think it's she's over tired for her? Of this. I don't know if it's over for her necessarily, but I think she's over it. I think part of her probably misses being in this sort of world. But I mean, what is she, 77 years old? I it just, I would let it go at this point in her life. Go enjoy your grandkids, you know. No, she can't stay out of it. I'm no, telling she's going to do something. I could see her starting her own talk show. Like, I've she's, seen, I love I've seen you know, former Secretary of State hit, you know, quit. No, you know, she. No, she's not going to sit still or retire, which and, I, I respect. And, and look, I, you know, I, I think her husband was a was a really great politician. I mean, in that he was a. He would have been a great first lady. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. That's wrong on so many levels. I, you know, why does this? Some why does this image of him in a dress sort of like come into my mind? Oh my God. I don't want to go there with Bill Clinton in a dress. But anyway. But anyway, moving on. Okay, so. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about the 10-hour school day? 10-hour school yeah. day. So what do you think so about that? So this is a, a very contentious kind of topic, and it's one that has received, you know, mixed reactions. Even in our own family. Even in our own family. In the car. Yeah, on the on way, the way, way home, there. I was ready to cry because I really don't like conflict, which is kind of a shock that we're doing this show. But my dad's one of the few people I can argue with and then just get over it relatively quickly because he can't really hold a grudge and neither can I. But anyway, so Kamala Harris, and this is one thing that I think is an interesting topic. She's proposing that schools extend their time uh, to get out 
out at six. And that's to accommodate parents who get off of work at five and obviously are rushing to pick up their kids. As we all know, you know, I know I don't have kids yet, but I have spent time nannying, babysitting. I have a lot of friends with children. As we know, California is a very, very, very uh, expensive state to live in. And having someone like a nanny or somebody to help you pick up your kids from school, take them to activities and basically take care of them until you can get home and get off of work is overwhelmingly expensive. I made really good money as a nanny because people, you know, obviously care about their kids, but not everybody can afford it. And for most people in California to live here, it requires a two income household. Being able to stay home with your kids and say, oh, well, we don't need to work. It's a luxury. Having a husband or wife or one's parent, you know, that can afford to take care of all of you while you get to be with your kids. That's great. But I think by Kamala saying, oh, you know, we should extend school and offer things like after school activities in terms of art or dancing or ballet and providing nutritious meals. I think she's trying to propose a solution so that working parents aren't you know, being penalized for being working parents financially, just because you can't afford an after school nanny or helper or childcare service to come and help you doesn't mean that you shouldn't be a parent. I think that's insane. Why don't you tell our, our listeners a little bit about, so what would that 10 hour school day look like? What do you, what are you thinking is going to, you know, so, so what time do you drop your kids off and what time do you pick them up? I mean, I'm assuming 10 so hours. What do they do after like three o'clock? Are they going to be in a sports event? She was saying that there would be, be, I mean, it's obviously not super clear yet, but what she was proposing, because obviously after, I know for myself and my sister growing up after school, we had a ton of activities. We were super busy from dance classes to tennis, to ballet, to piano, to singing classes, like all that kind of stuff, musical theater. We did it all. What she's trying to say is that at school, more extracurricular after-school activities will be offered that kids can be enrolled in. So instead of having to be taken off campus to go, you know, play soccer or go be in a musical or something like that, they can just do it on campus. I have one way to settle this. Yeah. And, you know, look, my mother, you know, I grew up. You grew up with a working mom who had to work to support you. I grew up in working class Pennsylvania, you know, in the 60s and 70s. And, and, you know, you know, back then. Like, the, what did you do? Well, back then, the truth was there were more jobs for women than there were for men sometimes. And so my dad had, you know, he used to work on a coal truck. He used to, you know, used to attend bar, used to work on a, you know, work out of town doing a construction, used to go go on a coal truck and that. And my mom used to work, you know, she, you know, she, she used factory. to get. Yeah, she, she used to work from six o'clock in the morning until three o'clock in the afternoon. And so my mom used to get get me up, you know, four thirty in the morning. Oh used to put used to take take me out to uh, to my grandmother's at the time. Uh, uh, put put uh, put me out there uh, and my grandmother would 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 hopefully put me put me <laughs> on the right bus sometimes. You said you were put on the wrong bus. Yeah, we had two schools in my town. We had St. Stephen's and we had Stevens. Oh shit! And so my grandmother sometimes put me on the wrong bus, and there That'd I am so at, at St. Stephen's with all these Catholic school kids dressed in uniforms, and I'm like, no, this is the wrong place. And I'm like five years old, and, and all these kids, and I'm like, whoa, no, Graham, what did you do? You didn't have cell phones. What'd you but, do? You know, but but Just walk uh, home, hitchhike. But you know, my mother worked. You know, you know, she was the main. Wage earner for yeah. for a lot, and, and you know, and I was normally that kid who my teacher stayed back for until till my mom got there, and, and you know, I understand what it was like, you know, but but you know, as I got older though. I was involved in sports, and so you know, I didn't have to worry about somebody picking me up at three, at two thirty or three o'clock, you know, because I'd go to sports practice. I go to football or wrestling or or go go to baseball practice, and so I wouldn't get home until six thirty, seven o'clock uh, most of the time. So you know, you know, I know we talk with 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 my wife and also my youngest daughter Emma about this and, and they had very I, strong opinions that it's not fair to kids to have to stay at school that long kids are tired after school they deserve to come home you know have a snack chill out for a bit until their various extracurriculars and having to do homework and stuff like that um but i think that there's a certain component of privilege in that kind of statement because you don't have to worry it's i don't know i think when you have to have a dual income household to actually afford to live in california it's not so much a choice, it's a necessity to, to have to have your kid be watched by somebody else. And not everyone's lucky enough to have grandparents or family members around to pick up their kids. And this sounds like an affordable alternative to having to put your kids in daycare or to, you know, have them just go to a friend's house. It just seems like a safe alternative. 
I'm not I, saying it's the best yeah, option. No, no, no. And, 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 and look, I'm not sure this is a Democrat or no. a, a Republican issue. But, you know, I, I think the one thing I fear, I fear in California and, and I fear across the nation is, is a creeping paternalism. What do you mean? Well, you know, the government's saying you have to do this. It's almost, oh, okay. it's almost like vaccinations it's like a big and everything brother kind else. Of deal. And you know, and, you know, you know, I've I've long thought about a ten-hour school day, and I'm not I'm not opposed to the you know to the concept, but but you know this may not. But but what I am opposed to is one size fits all for anything. No, it should and, be optional. Yeah, yeah, and. And so, you know, I do agree with my wife and also with with my youngest daughter on this one in that, you know, it, you know, kids, kids have it tough. You, you, you know, some some kids are, you know, getting up, you know, like I used to have to get up or, or, or in the morning and you'd if you do sports. or You have gym class and you're and taking I got up at five to get on the bus to oh, go yeah, to my high school. I remember that. Holy yeah, heck, that was crazy. You, over. You, you were always up in the morning. Oh, I was you always are, pumped. I had my coffee. I'm a morning person. I drove everyone else nuts. Queen, but, you know, but, you but know, I honestly also too. I wouldn't get home most days until 7, 7.30. I would take the late is, bus because you're busy. Like. You stay at school, you get your homework done, and then when you can come home, you can yeah. relax. And that's I like that. You know, I guess my view on this one is— It shouldn't be forced. It should be optional. It shouldn't be forced. Yeah. It should be optional. You know, you know, parents should have the option. But at the same point— Well, because if you have a stay-at-home parent, your kid shouldn't yeah. be forced to stay at school an additional three hours. But, that's nonsense. But one thing I will say, as a father and as a parent and, and you know— you know, don't have kids that you're going to just pawn off on other people. I, I mean, you know, having a child is, you know, think it through. I mean, kids aren't just about something you have with your partner. It's not like getting a dog. Even okay, a, okay, no, let's but even not. Having, no, but no, but dogs uh, are a commitment. <laughs> even having a dog. I'm, I'm telling I'm, Simon. I'm, I mean, no, I don't. Well, Simon is our dog. So. The one who looks like Bernie Sanders. Yeah, Simon is our dog. <laughs> he's a little bit crazy. A little bit nuts. He's a crazy. rescue, though. He's, so. he's a rescue. But, yeah, but, you know, you know, but, but, you know, one of the things I fear that, you know, that that we've given your generation, to be honest with you, you know, you know, my mom had to work, but but n- n- not every mother had to. I, I sometimes feel that we're shortchanging our children. You know, you were lucky in that we had mom and 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 my wife is a teacher. And so she'd get out at the same time. We obviously. always had her there smiling. Yeah, you, you no, know, and I mean, she, I was insanely lucky. You know, you know, and she, I she was that. always involved. One of the things I fear is that we're just dropping our kids off and we're treating our kids even worse than pets anymore. And, you know, I I think that, you know, you know, I get what Kamala Harris is saying here. Kamala Harris is saying here. You know, I get it, and and, and I truly think she's trying to help. She you know, is. It's not some sort of power play. I know because uh, she came from a single family. Oh yeah, a single parent family on that. But you know, I do fear the creeping state paternalism on this one. You know, I think it's a, it, it's something we need to talk about. But I think it's part of a broader. I think it's part of a broader issue today. The rising cost of childcare. Well, kids honestly. are expensive. I mean, you were not cheap. If I, if I had to do it over again, I don't know if dollars per kid. You could own your own island right now. Yeah, maybe I would take that Ferrari or something. I'm not sure. No, a no. Ferrari? Really? A Ferrari. <laughs> That you know. So anyway, so but you know that's yeah. You know, it's a conversation, and I mean, we'd love to hear your thoughts too. Um, if you want to check us out on Instagram, it's at Now Hear Me Out Podcast, and our individual handles are uh, at e-commerce girls for me. Um, that's my business handle, and my dad's is at Randy Bearholtz. That's right. Hey, hey. So so so. Right, let's just switch gears a yeah. little bit now. You know, we just had Halloween. Yeah. You know, Harriet, Halloween. <laughs> it's it's taken a weird turn. <laughs> you and your sister. It, uh, Halloween used to be about so dressing up. It'd be about carving going around pumpkins. the neighborhood, carving the pumpkins, doing blow. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I hope not. I don't know what neighborhood you. We you know we had Harriet and 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 uh, and our. Uh, <laughs> uh, our younger daughter Emma uh, over in a place called the Montelanas in San Diego, and so such a nice place, really to grow up. nice place idyllic. to grow up. We, we had an elementary school called Chaparral, and public school. Everybody knew oh, each Pally other. Oh, Pali Unified School System. If your kids, if you're from San Diego, best public school system. I swear. Everybody knew each other, and it was just a nice time. It was just such a nice time. And I'll be honest with you, Harriet. Yes. When 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 Emma graduated from from 
wow. from elementary school. Oh my God, I think I lost it. Cause you know, there's just something nice about elementary school with your kids. Your kids still love you. They're, they're okay, still let's nice just, let's kids just preface and this. everything else. I never stopped loving you. I, are you sure, Harriet? <laughs> are you sure? Cause they were the good old days. Oh my God. But you know what? Halloween, Harriet. Yeah. You know, it's taken a weird turn, and this this is something that I almost got hoodwinked into, and we'll talk about this in another time. Uh, there's a school around by where we, my parents live, and uh, it's called Horizon, and I was really excited because I kept seeing flyers all around their neighborhood for a harvest festival. I don't know if you like um, parks and recreation, for example, but the Pawnee Harvest Festival is like, you know, Little Sebastian. I'm a big fan of that show. So I got super excited. It said there were going to be pumpkins and carnival rides and candy and like, um, you know, fair games and hot chocolate and the petting zoo. And I love a good petting zoo and a horse ride, you know? Um, So I thought I would go. It felt festive and fun. And then it turns out that it was some sort of strange alternative to Halloween because there's something about like the devil being a part of Halloween and it's anti-Christian and, you know, all this kind of stuff that just, it's not what Halloween was when I used to be a kid in a sense. It's gotten weird, you know? When I was in elementary school, we had this fun thing called the Monster Bash or Monster Mash, and they'd obviously play the whole song, You Do the Mash, and everyone would wear their costumes and dance, and they had cookies, and it was just like the best time ever. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I might have been chased around with a chainsaw once in the Montalanus by one of the neighbor's weird kids who thought it was funny. (laughs) It was real, and it was terrifying, but that's Halloween. It made you a little bit quicker on your feet. If you don't throw up from fear at least once, did you even have a good Halloween? Um, But, yeah, it's just taking kind of a sad turn that's not allowed anymore because it's considered projecting beliefs or something on it just it's a whole thing and i want to hear your opinion dad guys look i i I mean look you know my father was polish roman catholic my my mother was lutheran uh i I had an uncle who was a methodist minister and you know yeah i i grew up going to a lot of protestant churches and that and you know and and you know but (laughs) Guys, seriously, Halloween. It's about watching, what was it? Um, the movie Halloween. What, Halloween Town. Halloween Such Town. Such a good one. Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Oh, oh, I miss those shows. I it's, love all those It's movies. about watching that and about candy. And eating and candy, stuff. not filled you know, with razor blades. We need, we need to sometimes <laughs> get parents out of this stuff. It's not about devil worshiping. And, you know, sometimes we need to just mellow out and just say it's about kids dressing up. And having and just fun. And just having kids. some fun. And parents getting together. And getting just, drunk. Go, going door to door. Well, no, that's some well. of my favorite things. No, no, no. A lot of parents do a, a Halloween pregame and they bring around. I don't know if you've watched the league, but uh, if you remember their adult Halloween, they had a little thing that they they pulled around with them when they took their kid trick or treating an on the go bar cart. Amazing. I mean, it's a, but it's about having fun. Adult Halloween, kids Halloween. There's no nothing sinister about it, and I feel like people are just trying to impart something that's not about Halloween. Yeah, on you it, know, necessarily. Harvest Festival. Give me a freaking break. Can I tell you if you're on a school board out there, please listen to me. If you're a Republican or Democrat, don't, have, be weird. Have, don't get weird about this. It's not about the devil. It's about dressing up. And you know, sometimes you just need to mellow out and take politics out of our schools and just have it be fun again. It's about choosing what's, a profession. What's going on with the fun in life? Let's have fun yeah. again. Let's stop just being so serious about all this stuff anymore. And this one thing I can crazy. say too, I mean, I've gone to church. I've studied religion pretty extensively. I mean, I went to a religious uh, high school and, and after school, I've taken probably like, I swear, 20 different religion courses. I've read the Korah, the Turan, the Tanakh, and the Bible a bunch of times. That's there's, pretty good how you said the Tanakh. Then, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a whole thing, but there's nothing in it, in my knowledge, you can guys can correct me if I'm wrong, that talks about Halloween not being okay. I think you can still love Jesus and love religion and be a good Christian or Jew or, you know, Muslim, whatever you want to say, and still go have fun on Halloween. No, I don't think that any of it's probably mutually one, exclusive. And it's probably one of those one, you, you know, one, I don't call it a holiday, but but one of those events that we can all agree on. I, I thought we could. I thought we could. I thought we could just agree on And then you have Dia de los Muertos, which is, what, like one or two days after, or I think it's November 1st, which is the famous Day of the Dead, Mexico, you know, Mexico. It's a big celebration. You paint your face with like the skull and it's about celebrating your dead relatives. They, I don't know. Yeah, Dia de los Muertos. There's a okay. huge celebration in Old Town in San Diego. Like it's, it's cool. There's historical aspects of it to Halloween, All Hallows Eve. I mean, it's a pagan holiday initially. Like, you know, it's, it's fun. There's history 
country. Like, just go have fun. Stop being so serious. That's my take. That's <laughs> that, that's our take on that one. So, so uh, Herod, I think you were going to do a movie review this time, right? Yes. Yeah. We figured, you know, breaking up the the intense political discussion with some more lighthearted, fun things like talking about Halloween and, and movie reviews would be fun. So, last Christmas, the movie with Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones and Henry Golding from Crazy Rich Asians and A Simple Favor. He is gorgeous and she is adorable. Um, the movie Last Christmas came out, which is set to the music of George Michael. And my mother and sister went to go see it. I went to go see it with my husband. And I have some thoughts um, on the movie. It was very cute. It was relatively predictable. I won't give any spoilers. It was. It had a good, good twist at the end, you know, that you don't necessarily see coming. But it definitely, it felt like it was trying to do way too much. You know, it's, it's Christmassy, it's fun, but they also, in a very short period of time, tried to cover immigration and Brexit and tackle the issue of homelessness um, and then just multi-generational love and just family instability um, coming out to your parents as, you know, being LGBTQ. It just, it was trying to do too much while also having a touching love story and sentimental aspect of it. Um, I would give it a six out of 10 personally, but I do think it's worth seeing. It's cute. Just don't be expecting too much in terms of plot. Let me just mention something. I didn't see it. And, <laughs> and, 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 and my wife said to me, oh, you wouldn't, you have liked wouldn't it. like it. My dad gets very touchy anytime people talk about uh, Brexit or kind no. of like helping out immigrants. No, that's not true. No, no. Here's my view. OK, and hear me out, as we say with our show. You know, I think we are witnessing the death of great British cinema. And here's why I say it. I How think did you get to that? I, well, because, <laughs> well, because in, you know, look, it's a British, it was a British yeah. film. But the, 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 you know, the British have gone so far left anymore. Oh, my God, that's that, so not th true. That they have to show every single group now who has not been represented it's called has to be represented yeah but but uh, they, they're sometimes putting people in history that weren't there and and what they're also do you know what they're also doing right now look how mad he gets literally he likes but, but, but you know but but it's like let's be real i i, I mean because people were not okay well then you know, no, 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 i know what you're gonna say I don't know. Now hear me out for this. Okay. What do you think then about all of these Indian cowboy movies from the 30s, 40s, and 50s where you would have white guys I painting their skins darker? I Why didn't it. we choose I never said Native I was, Americans? I never said I was in favor of that. But okay. I think come in and, and, and I agree that that you know, you know, roles should be played by people like Scarlett Johansson shouldn't be playing a trans woman. <laughs> that was a whole thing. She ended up stepping down from that role. But that's okay. Not, well, I mean, that's interesting, though, too, because, look, I mean, I'm lucky, you know, when I was a kid, we had reruns of Charlie Chan. And what? in Charlie Chan movies, we had a white guy playing a Chinese no. guy. No. But Charlie I've Chan's son was Chinese. Was a Chinese guy. And it's like, in come the movie? on. Or a Seriously, show? yeah. I, I mean, I mean, look, stuff like that. I mean, that was just. Like was, Emma Stone shouldn't be playing Asian. Let's just put it that way. Well, look, look, look. <laughs> but, 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 but at the same time, I think it's possible to go so far the other way where you have to put people in who really aren't, you know, who, you know, I don't know how to describe it. I, I mean, you know. Where does it break down between acting? Like, for example, yeah. being, you know, playing a trans woman as a straight, cis, white female, you know, with acting. We're, we're so touchy-feely to today. It's no, like, but, but, but we're trying to be inclusive. I'd rather be considered a sissy snowflake who cares about people's feelings and, you know, tries to prevent people from being depressed and committing suicide. When little kids watch, like, this is why having princesses for Disney that were black after years and years and years of Disney princesses that were just white blonde girls and like little African-American girls couldn't watch anybody who looked like them on TV be represented. They did say, mom, like, why, why can't I be a princess? Inclusiveness matters so much. And I would just rather be considered a touchy feely liberal snowflake than a complete douchebag. Well, speaking of the probably the latter category, as my daughter would say right so now, eloquently. hopefully she wouldn't put me in that category. Hopefully she, you know, she, she wouldn't do that. But, you know, there's got to be a balance. It's I think, just so easy, though, as a white person to gone, say we've gone oh, too far. But at the same time, some of the some of the worst offenders of this of this 
liberal political correctness are white people who think that they have to go overboard all the time. It's like, let's just be normal. Just be normal and put people in who fit those roles. Don't exclude people, but don't put people in who just don't who who don't fit. Okay, but what's what's the the saying that I feel like is a super good fit for right right now? You know, when uh, you've lived out of balance and out of an equilibrium for so long, being considered the better race in a sense, even equality begins to feel like oppression. Oh and my I feel god. like that kind oh. of plays true. Oh my god. We can't go into that. BB. Okay, we won't go into that. That'll I'll start using words like of... white privilege oh when it's just going to slam don't the door. Go there. Good. Oh my God. Oh, look, guys, there are some things you have to take the pulse. You know, look, if you're going to be talking at Thanksgiving. My heart's racing right now. I need to. Well, if, if you're going to be talking at Thanksgiving and at Christmas with your family, you just got to be able to say, okay, this is something I can't talk about right now yeah. because I'm going to go off. White privilege and the teaching of that racist doctrine to me is just beyond. But but we, we, we will agree that we're not going to talk, talk about that right now. We're not going to talk about but we will. But, we might at some point. But in democracy, boxing gloves, in a democracy, get into a ring and talk about white privilege. We are going to talk about it, but not right now. No. Because if we do, I think my hat's going to be above my head. And I'm going to, but I think speaking too of that topic um, that you spoke about, where you know who should be allowed to play what. Okay, it, it goes into the show. <laughs> well, but what it, you're let's go into sort of a related segment. Yeah. Called yeah, what, what are, are we watching? watching? Where you know my dad and I. Honestly, he's one of the kind of people that he never really sits down. He honestly, from the minute I remember anything, I've as gotten a child, worse. As I've gotten he's older. gotten worse. The guy oh cannot. God. Sit I can't still. sit down and watch it. Like I, there's I'm, a reason I'm why always, I told I him. What it is. I think smoking weed would be good for him. I don't want to smoke weed. <laughs> I don't but I have to say there. though, my dad who also doesn't drink alcohol or or, uh, or or drink caffeine, I don't know how the hell he'd respond oh to god, marijuana. If, <laughs> oh my god! If I had marijuana or even caffeine, and I'd he's always hungry there. anyway, so oh my god. it wouldn't be you good. You don't want to see me being hangry. <laughs> And, and, and being on caffeine. But, but you know, minute, but, so talking about what one of the things though, that pertains to that is he can't sit still. So when I do get him to sit down for a minute and watch a TV show, I it, it matters what he what he's watching. He has to be very into it. He has to like it or he will not focus. So he, he introduced me it, to a show recently on Netflix called Atypical that my sister, I think, probably pressured him into watching. That's right. Emma. Emma, control, my younger sister. Out to you there, yeah, <laughs> she controls kind of the TV flow at times. She does. And she's very good at it. Yeah. No, she chooses good shows. But yeah, talk to me about it because you raised an interesting point. Atypical is about a boy with, uh, is it autism or autism. Down syndrome? Autism. autism. Okay, yeah, talk, talk to me about it. Well, it's very interesting. Uh, I mean, it's about, it, it's about a family where the, uh, where, where there's a, a, uh, a, a son and a daughter and, and, and the son's about eight, 18 years old. In real and life, he's like 29, but. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go there. That's a, that's another it's a whole other topic, yeah. <laughs> we have the oldest of your high school students. I know, world. right? Oh my God. But you know, so, so he has autism. He's, he's on the spectrum. Uh, he's very high functioning though. He's pretty high functioning. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and his sister's uh, two years younger than kind him. Kind of tomboy. Yeah, uh, tomboyish, and 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 there's a mother and a father, you know. But but you know, it's a it's a really good show. I I think the acting is very good. It, you know, it, it you know it's. I think it deals with some very interesting issues. It 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 deals with you know you know, you know uh, the autism issue. It deals with with with, with sort of special privileges for. For college students, it deals with with, I mean, marriage dynamics. with bisexual stuff. It deals with uh, cheating, with yeah, with various marriage Infidelity. dynamics and the like. You know, but but I, I think the acting is very very good. I recommend it highly. It's a it's a Netflix original, and so uh, you know, I'd give it probably four and a half stars. I'm probably. I guess halfway through it right now, you know, but it but it just makes you think. But but what's good about it, it doesn't go off on the extreme. I, I mean, people are Michael Rappaport. That's the guy who plays the dad. He is absolutely hysterical in both real life and in the show. Um, yeah, he's he's a reason alone just but, to watch. But Harry, as we talked about though, it brings up a new issue, which you know I think I think is taking the left. And taking, you know. Oh, but you're the one who brought it up. You yeah, were saying, but, should someone? Well, no, I, you know, I just brought it up as a question for yeah. the show. But, but you know, you know, and the question is, should a a someone who doesn't have autism be be allowed to actually play somebody who does? You know, or should or should I think the we term's have, neurotypical? Yeah. Should a neurotypical person 
be playing someone who is, I mean, what would you call it, like neurologically unique with, with autism? Yeah, and, and you know, I, you know, I can go both ways on, on, on that issue, uh, frankly. You know, on, on the one hand, what is acting about? Uh, I mean, if you look at Daniel Day-Lewis, for example, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's played he's all played types everything. of, I yeah. mean, he's played all types of people, guys in wheelchairs and everything else. And, you know, so part of acting, I think part of, you know, the you know, people who get Academy Awards are those who play people who are just so different from themselves. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, Matthew part, McConaughey playing someone with right. HIV. Should right. we have only had that play? by someone right. with HIV. Right, so, but, but, you know, I think it's an important issue in the future because in, in, in the old days, honestly, in Shakespearean plays, men would play women. Which is insane to me, which is absolutely hilarious. And I think William Shakespeare has some weird stuff about him. They said he really didn't like women, and that's well, why. Well, I don't know. I I just think that was the time. I, I mean, and- Women weren't allowed on the stage. That's why. Yeah, yeah. So, so but Harold, what, what do you think about this issue? I mean, I think, as you said, it's a fine line. You know, I, I think you can go too far with stuff. I think, for example, like I said, I think Matthew McConaughey, like, yeah, he should be allowed to play someone with, you know, HIV or AIDS. However, if we were going to choose someone with HIV to play somebody with HIV, I would choose Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye. I love you. You're amazing. But anyway, I think that it should, I don't know, there needs to be a balance, but I don't feel like I have the right to talk about that because I, I am not someone with some sort of, I am neuronormative. I am a cisgender white woman. So I don't feel like I get that much of a say in the conversation. I would much rather talk to somebody who is in the LGBTQ community or who is biracial or of another race if to see what their opinion is. So maybe that's something that we we do and we invite various people on the podcast in the future to sit down and talk about that. Yeah, well, you know, I just don't want to be dictated to. You know what I mean? I don't want people to say, hey, look, here's the percentage of people in, you know, you know, you know, here's a percentage of people in, you know, in this culture with this, then they need to be, you know, we need to have this percentage here. I, you know, I well, just look at Will fear- and Grace, for example. It was two, two guys who were supposed to be gay guys, um, but one of them was straight. Yeah. Uh, Eric McCormick's a straight guy. But however, the stuff that that show has done for the LGBTQ community in terms of like having the first um, same sex kiss on on primetime TV, all that kind of stuff, like it's been revolutionary. So I don't I don't know. I think I think I'm at a standstill with that. I'm not exactly sure. What I don't it look, be. I don't go out of my way to discriminate against anybody. Frankly, I'm too busy making money and just trying to keep my head above water and just trying to do our podcast and just, you know, trying to help my family. And, and frankly, if everybody just tried to help their family, you know, we wouldn't need to have a big government or anything else. But the last thing I want is to be dictated to, you know. What do you mean by dictated? You mean preach that in I a sense of political correctness? I just don't want correctness. the LGP. I don't even know what the hell all the freaking, you know, what, what, what is it? L- LGBTQ. Okay, so lesbian. L- lesbian. G. Gay. Gay. Bi- LGB. Bi. Bisexual. T. T trans. trans. Q. Q questioning and or queer. Isn't there another one now too? GBTQ. There's two other letters additionally, but anyway, you know, it it matters. And I'm not a part of that community, so I can't attest to whether or not I feel like it's, you know, like I just, I don't know. You don't don't get opinion and opinion. I I think we're better than, than, you know, I think we're better than our skin color. I think we're better than our sexuality. But that's so easy to say as just like a white straight man. But at the same time, but, but you know, at the like same saying time, it shouldn't though, matter. You've never dealt with someone not liking you because you're white, or you've never not. What do you got, mean you're talking about? Of you've never I not got a job Washington, because you like women. Ever go to Atlanta? Holy heck! Seriously? <gasps> I've never been in that situation. Seriously? Really? I mean, I don't even like to play the female card in the sense because I'm still, at the end of the day, a white woman, but which you know is what? very privileged. Why should you not? Oh, don't get into white privilege. Oh my God. You know, go to Shamokin, Pennsylvania, where there's 60 percent of the people live below the poverty level. And and, and, and and you know you talked to me about white privilege, but we're not going to go there today. That's one of oh. the ones we're going to have a whole. We'll probably have a whole show on that one, and maybe we'll bring. And some, maybe my dad can keep his shit together that. for like oh, an Harriet, hour. You, you have to watch your language. I here. really don't. I'm always it's a telling. Podcast. I'm always telling her off about no, this. No. Oh, oh. At least seriously. I don't start yelling. No. I, my I, generation. I like if you talk bit. like a if you talk like a sailor, they wash your mouth people out. Are, so people are going to be you know thinking that it you. doesn't work like that anymore. Do you know that they actually came out with a study from I think it was Harvard. Harvard University saying that people who have a dirty mouth, who stay up late, and who maintain semi-messy living environments tend to be some of the smartest people. So if that's the case, I'm a gosh darn genius. 
See, I'm not even sure where I can go with that one. I don't even know where where I can go with that one. One of our biggest fights. My dad thought he was doing something nice for me. I like to keep my my car, my former car, Toyota Camry. I like to keep it messy. It was my one place in my life where I allowed myself to be chaotic and super messy. One day he he brought it to me and I did what a dad did. I cleaned it out. I cleaned it for you. I had like a nervous breakdown meltdown. I do have OCD, as does my dad, and we can talk about that another time. But I lost it. So, oh my god, that was that was amazing. But Howard, I tell you what. So let's hit the you know a two two more quick topics, and then we'll we'll wrap this up. So so look, let's just. You know, back by popular demand, Hey Gavin. Yes. And, and Hey Gavin is our segment about, uh, you know, our governor in California, Gavin Newsom. And we're going to have a fun intro here soon. Maybe we can get a little soundbite of Gavin or something going, Gavin, that's I, me. I, I know you think you're adorable, <laughs> Gavin, but oh my yes, God. Yes, you have good All hair. you ladies out there, all you California female voters who I talked to who said, he's handsome. Well, he is handsome. I'm going to vote for somebody who's handsome. Seriously. <laughs> Look what happened. You know, my friend John Cox, he may not have the, you know, you know, you know, John Cox is a great guy. You know, he may not have Gavin Newsom's, you know, fluffy hair or that, <laughs> but John Cox would have been such a better, but his last a, name's a, a better Cox, governor. And no one wants that. Oh my God. Seriously. John Cox is here. We're going to get him on the show. John Cox is a Well, then if that's the has, case, I apologize in advance for what I just said about your yes, last name. That's why you have a dirty mouth. <laughs> no, I don't. This is his last oh, name. God, what are you talking about? I, 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 I can't believe we're even talking. Oh my God! Oh. This is my daughter. How did I? How did I raise her? Oh my God! I just didn't go to church enough. But anyway, <laughs> hey Gavin, uh, Gavin, you, you know, let's look. Let's just talk about a couple of things. One, if you have a police officer who who is killed in the a line deputy. of duty, or you know. A, a, a deputy sheriff or the like. Brian Ishmael. You need to go to their funeral. And, you know, you know, you know this individual was, you know, allegedly killed by an alleged illegal alien. Two. Uh, two illegal aliens. You need to go to that funeral. You need to be there. And if you can't be there, then you need to send somebody else in your place. Like a proxy. But you need to step up and be a man and be a leader. Don't hide behind your political views on this one. Okay, so first of all, step up, Gavin, be a man on this one, be a governor. Secondly, Gavin, I just want to talk about public transportation. You know, you know, we see a lot of empty buses here in in, in San Diego County. It's because nobody wants to take the bus, despite the uh, metro uh, people trying to do good marketing. It's not they're they're not selling it. We're Californians, You, you know. If you look at San Diego and if you look at Upper La Jolla, you've built this this transit system here. You're going to not have many riders. And you know what? You're building it because we know the unions are benefiting from this. And look, my mom was in a union, ILGW, I get it. But the problem is if you are beholden to those groups, you're making bad political decisions for us. You want to create these But it's also part of a green initiative, which I Yeah, but you know what? How is building a monstrosity that looks like crap? Wait, who? What are you talking about? You know, well, if you look at over by uh, over by UTC Mall. Yeah, the bus stop. No, no, not the bus stop. The uh, uh, the big oh, over by La Jolla Country Day. You've 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 got the a uh, whole transit system over there now. The uh, oh whole, yeah. I, I mean, Gavin. That just makes that just. But people are ugly. asking for that necessarily because they were doing rideshare programs. You know, can I tell like you? Not everyone can afford a car. I think this Diego is going to backfire. Price of gas. You I talked think, about that. I think this is going to backfire on you. You know, we see public transportation. Not a lot of people using it. Californians love their cars. Build us better roads. If you want to have clean cars, that's fine. I have a Tesla. I can afford a secondhand Tesla. And you know what? <laughs> He's very much suffering over here with I'm his secondhand with my Tesla. 2014 wow. Tesla. Wow. But you know what? It is a good car. Tesla it's out there really keep nice giving car. us good electric cars. Yeah. That is a good car. Oh, and Gavin, is. I must say, but thank people you. people can't afford it. Thank you for the tax break. But you know what? We love our cars in California. This is a big state. 
The state of California is one of the, one of the biggest states in the union. To get any place, you have to drive. You, you know, honestly, if you're going to create public transport, create fast public transport. But the time it takes me to get on a train from San Diego to go to LA, I can drive there quicker. And if I have my test off, yeah. But at the same I time, a lot of people I know love taking the the train to and from work because oh. they get work done, they get to enjoy it, they get to sit there, and they don't have to be stuck in traffic, angry and swearing like some people I know trying to get to work on time, stuck. But, but we are going to have, and this is what, maybe what? two, three years away, what? we're going to have self-driving cars. Which I think is terrifying because I don't trust technology like that. Uh, I don't. Know. I mean, there's so much room for error. I don't know. It's, it freaks me out. Sort of what we have with Uber right now. I, I, I mean, yeah, Uber, Uber and, freaks me and out Gavin, too. Let me tell you one thing. You've got this problem with Uber, and I know the what unions have a problem with Uber, and the taxi drivers have a problem Uber. with Uber and, and Lyft and everything. What are, you, what are you talking about? Well, what's happening is now is, you know, you know, the, the state of California and a bunch of other states are trying to classify Uber drivers and Lyft oh, drivers, yeah, yeah. You, you know, as full-time employees. Gavin, Uber and Lyft have given people the ability to like your husband, their for, for example, Harriet Paul. Yeah, at times, right. yeah. I mean, that was I, at I, one I, point. I, I mean, I mean, and, and and all aspiring musician friends that I have, because I swear every time you get into an Uber, they always say, "This isn't my real job. I'm actually a DJ," and I love that. But you know, what? as but, a musician myself, but, I think the ability to have that second or you know other income is great. I think that's a great option. But that's for what you want. But to make these people employees, yeah. it's getting destroyed. But also, what you're doing—it's gross. And I know this. I know the tricks you're doing. I'm, I'm in the political business too. I I understand all this stuff. What you're doing is is like putting in, 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 in you know you know rideshare you know platforms in, you know in 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 bad parts of the airports and everything else. We know what you're doing, but you know what? Is, what do you mean? What's he doing with that? Well, what he's doing is 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 uh, a lot of these uh, uh, local uh, airport airport authorities are putting the places where you can pick up the Lyft and the Ubers way out. Uh, from the airport, even even like in. But what does that help with? Well, like why would you? Exactly, it's not helping with anything, and it's making it. Was well, it just harder. like congestion though, so they don't have? That's to be what they're claiming. Taxis? Like at, like at LAX, for example, yeah. what, what they've done is they've actually said, well, so many people are taking Uber and and and. And with that, it's causing congestion. Yes, it's causing congestion because people are doing it because they don't want to pay the high price of doing a taxi. I mean, I like to do Uber and Uber. I love Unless you Unless there's a free tram to the Holiday Inn Express where you're staying, in which case you'll wait an hour because he's too cheap to pay for anything. I am cheap. <laughs> I must say I am cheap. But, but Uber, but guys, I love you because you know what? I am cheap. I'm not going to give you a tip. My dad will do a ride share with 10 people if it helps I'm not save him money. Tip. I hate giving tips. Okay, see – that's one thing, though. If you have a good experience, if you have a Lyft driver, an I Uber give them driver, five stars or four stars. Okay, I give them but that doesn't stars. pay their bills. You are right. Like you would tip someone who's I don't a waiter. Tip or anybody. It's a service industry, though. You're I don't giving people a good experience. We're going to have a conversation about right, tips. We'll talk about don't even again. get me started right. about tips. But Harriet, I guess we we, we want to have one more quick, yeah. quick segment here, and then and then we'll wrap it yeah. up. Uh, Let's but, talk about ahead. the political event where we went. Well, do you want right. to have that, or do you want to do the uh, Chinese one? Or what, what, oh, what well, yeah, I'll, I'll conclude with that. But let's talk about the Jim DiBello event that we went Jim to. Jim DiBello, my friend. Uh, running for Congress. announced friend, his, running, for, for uh, running for Congress for the 52nd Congressional District. Which includes uh, Point Loma, Coronado, uh, Poway, and La Jolla. And as Jim says, one half of the economic muscle in, in San Diego County. Yeah. Jim's a good guy, uh, a friend of ours. You know, I'm uh, I'm endorsing him. The uh, the His daughter went to school with my sister for high school, so uh, they're good friends. Uh, the uh, San Diego County Party uh, has endorsed him. The uh, state party has endorsed him. I'm endorsing him. Herod is actually part Part of the Democrats for for DiBello, a campaign and Jim, we're throwing out to you too, buddy. We'll we'll get you on the show. You are the yes. type. You are the type of entrepreneur who uh, we need. Who we need. You know, Scott Peters. You know, you're a career politician. <laughs> I still like Scott Peters on here. We need a fair and balanced approach to this. Well, Dad. Scott. You know, we'll consider bringing you on, but Jim's coming on first. Right? <laughs> Only if Jim, you're good, Scott. It's, it's Jim, probationary. Jim's our guy. So, but <laughs> Harry, one, one last segment, and then okay. we'll just call it a we'll, we'll call it a session here. But anyway, yeah, we'll share photos of uh, and videos. My dad actually was interviewed uh, about Jim DeBello giving his ringing endorsement for him. We both held we up signs. We have good photos. We held up signs, and uh, yeah, I I spearheaded the Democrats for DeBello, um, which is is pretty cool. He's a really good guy. What he talks about um, in terms of you know, I, I like. His 
his stance on gun violence. And I think he's a pretty moderate conservative, which I am a fan of. Um, yeah. So my last segment would be we wanted to do sort of like a little Chinese segment in a sense. Um, I've studied Mandarin for, I think, five years total overall. My dad and I, we spoke about it before. Some of our favorite memories were traveling to China together and uh, in Asia in general. So I just wanted to say ni hao wo de peng yos, uh, wo de ming zi jiao chen ge, um, shi shen ni. So pretty much, you know, hi, my name is Chen Ge. Um, my Chinese teacher gave me that name because I like to sing. Um, she said, OK, we'll call you Chen Ge. And that means song. So that's that's my Chinese name. And I'm so thankful for you guys. We just want to let you know, people from China, we love you. The Chinese Communist government, I'm not a big fan of, but. But 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 the people that we've dealt with from China have been very kind to us. They've been very good to us. And, you know, China holds seriously such a big place in my heart. I, I the hospitality and kindness I saw and the the encouragement of me studying Mandarin. I studied at the Shanghai Conservatory of Music. I was lucky enough to go with my dad to Zhejiang Dashue, uh, which is Zhejiang University in Hangzhou, China, and study international business transactions alongside some of his law school students. I learned all about Guangxi and. Uh, basically how to deal, you know, always having the number eight in contracts, um, Mianza and, and saving face and all of these Chinese customs. And it was just the most eye-opening, culturally rich experience ever. And so for that, I am so grateful. I hope we have a large group of Chinese listeners. Um, and if not, I hope to grow that more. So <laughs> and let me say with the Chinese students that come over here, you, you, you know, it, it, it actually... I live right next to UCSD. Every single person in my building is Chinese, and I very, very much love it. Yeah, and and but but let, let me also say, you know, it's you know, sometimes when you want to know about America, talk to immigrants. Talk to how we treat immigrants to see what they're well, actually. No, no, but 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 you know, you know. Well, no, talk, I didn't mean that in a bad way. No, no, but but you know, know. No, you know, you know, when you want to know how you're viewed, on, you know, talk to immigrants as to why are they here. What brought them here? But but what I'll say about Chinese and you know Chinese students, Chinese American students is that you, you, get, you know many take American first names, and sometimes I know it's cute. It's my favorite thing ever, or and it's I funny. will call you Clock or Magic if that's the name that you're choosing to go yeah. by. But you know, but but um, I must say I I tried to have a Chinese name because it did not work. He attempted Chinese class. I ended up doing his homework for no, no, him. No 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 no. What, 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 <laughs> What I did though was uh, was my Chinese name. I I forget Wasn't what it, like it was. Wasn't it like Love Money or Money Lover? Well, well yeah, yeah. What the actual Chinese, uh, what the translation was, uh, was 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 Money Dreamer. Money and Dreamer. And so okay. I forget what that what is. is that? Next time we'll we'll let you know though. But guys, uh, quite. Uh, yeah, we'll figure that out. But you know, but we just want to say we have enjoyed this one and we'll, yeah, it's been so much fun. This is our fourth podcast. We I wanna, feel like we're getting into the swing of it now, which is nice. We want to keep improving this. Your feedback is important. We'd love to have you on our show from the left, from the right, from the middle. We just want to, you know, from space. No, we just <laughs> want to let you know that, 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 you know, democracy is live, you know, is alive and well. Yeah. And in order for democracy to function effectively, we need to talk. And, you know, there are ways we can talk. We don't we have to stop calling each other names and start and you know, and stop that. Snowflake, libtard, all those things. I have never used any of those. Oh, names. yeah. But I have been called those things many, many times on political forums. And I don't like it. And it hurts. And I have to say, you know what? If we're snowflakes and the Democratic Party this coming election season, winter is coming, bitches. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> her, her language. Her. But anyway. This is this is Randy Berholtz. This is Harriet Berholtz. Thank you so much for listening and tune in next time for another episode of Hear Me, Me Out. Out. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.